Now we're going to go ahead and get started here with Drew Clark from Lynn University. Um, just getting back into the, the flow of the Athlete Mentor podcast. So whoever's listening, thanks for, thanks for taking your time to uh, follow our community and support us. And thanks for um, just your, your support since we started. I'm excited for you to get to know a little bit more about Drew here, his story, why he became a part of the Athlete Mentor, how his mentorship story is coming along, and then a little bit more about him as an author and the business he's been starting. So, Drew, go ahead and introduce yourself here. Um, give a little bit of background as to where you're from and, and what you're doing. Um, yeah, so before I do that, I want to thank you, Chandler, for letting me on the podcast. Um, let me speak a little bit. I'm excited to be here. Um, so, yeah, I'm Drew Clark. Um, I'm from Reno, Nevada. Um, I play D2 baseball out in Boca Raton, Florida, at a small school called Lynn University. Um, you know, I've, I've played baseball all my life and, you know, I went through a really tough injury, which kind of led me to my future endeavors with the book, the business. Um, so I think a combination of that just really like puts into perspective of what I've been through and how I shaped and like, you know, I would have been a completely different person if these, the surgery never happened. Um, so I think it all starts with that surgery, man. Um, so, so basically, I, I grew up playing baseball, I played basketball, I played football. Um, I was around sports my whole life. Um, and when I was growing up, I really never had like, um, like a mentor my age to help me and guide me and, you know, make my college decision of which sports I wanted to play, um, which showcases to attend, things in that realm, right? Yeah. Um, and so I found out about Athlete Mentor through my friend Maddie Jump. Um, she plays softball over at Stetson. And, you know, she told me, hey, there's this group that helps, you know, these high school athletes um, find a destination to school. It helps them grow up a little bit uh, off the field, too. Um, you know, and I think you'd be a good fit for that. And I was like, you know what, I'll give it a try. Um, and I started working with this kid, Justin, and right away I instantly loved it. And it made me a little jealous in a good way of, you know, having a mentor at that age things I would have done or how different my life would have been if I had someone guiding me into right. a decision, you know? Yeah. Um, and so Justin, if you're listening, what's up, man? Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I think that was a lot, but I think the athlete mentor started with, you know, the injury without that, I wouldn't be here. Um, and then Maddie hooked it up with helping me find you guys. So that's how it started. Well, that that's awesome. And and thanks to Maddie for being able to see that you would be a good fit for the program because you have been a great fit. Um, you're now mentoring more than one young athlete and probably plenty more in the future. And I know that they're getting tons of benefit from having you, you know, like like you mentioned, once somebody becomes a mentor, you realize, I wish I had this when I was younger. And that was my first experience when I tried to find mentors for myself. I learned like, you should have a mentor in life. And I was like, I was like 19. I'm like, what is, what's a mentor? So I, I learned that having a mentor is going to accelerate your growth, your learning curve. You're going to have a, a stronger network. Um, and there's so many benefits. So thanks for being involved, Drew. Um, and you mentioned a little bit more about your story. Uh, I want to hear more about your story and, uh, kind of the journey that's led you to um, start the movement that you're creating now. Um, so tell me a little bit more about, you know, your mental health, uh, mental health matters and bigger than the game. Just tell me a little bit about that story. 
Yeah. Um, so for me, it started in high school. Um, you know, I didn't have a mentor, but I had a counselor. Um, I've seen a counselor in high school to help me with, at the time, I didn't really know what it was. Right. Um, you know, I was having a different range of emotions. I didn't know if it was, you know, going through puberty, adjusting, you know, senior year, getting nervous for college. Um, but I was battling some mental health and I don't think, I think it was more anxiety at the time. Like I was just sure. nervous about everything. Yeah. Um, my mom's a big warrior. I got it from her. Um, it wasn't like bad. Um, I just was like very uncomfortable all the time. And then when I got into college, um, I went to a very, very competitive junior college, um, called Iowa Western. And, you know, I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, you hear junior college and you think, you know, I'm going to go play right away. Um, and I'm going to spend my two years there. I'm going to get an AA degree. I'm going to going to go to a division one university. Right? That's the goal for everyone. Get in, get out, finally get to that D one four year. Um, and for me, I got there and there were, there were kids that, you know, didn't belong there and not because they weren't smart enough because they weren't junior college baseball players. They were, you know, throwing 95, throwing a hundred. We had dudes hitting 20 bombs a year. Like, yeah. Those guys should have already been at Division One universities, but they were just overlooked in high school. Yeah. And for me, I went to a junior college because I was underdeveloped. Um, I had a little bit of skill, but I wasn't like, you know, a standout player. Um, so right away, it kind of hit me like I really got to get after it. Um, but I think what happened was instead of approaching that situation with um, like a drive, I was a little timid. I was more of like, what if I mess up? What if I don't look as good as the other guys? Right. I think I just wanted to impress my coaches and like the new guys so bad um, that I kind of got in my head a little. And then when I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted to see, I put a lot of stress on myself. Um, I put a lot of stress on others just because I, you know, I wasn't the best teammate at the time because I was so worried about everything else um, except like myself. Um, and I ended up having a red shirt, you know, I partially tore my UCL and I had to sit out and that was the first time I'd ever played baseball all spring. You know, it's lonely and you're in the middle of Iowa with, yeah. you know, a bunch of guys you don't know. I was 2000 miles away from my parents. I just like, it was really tough, you know? And I think I started not spiraling out, but I started going down the rabbit hole a little bit. Um, then when the season was over, you know, we finished at the World Series and I was, you know, I was happy that I was able to go home and, you know, kind of reset. And then I get to campus my sophomore year and I'm like, I'm having a pretty decent fall. Um, but, you know, me and an assistant coach, we weren't seeing eye to eye. And, you know, I kind of showed up to the field every day and I was like, like, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, I always was blaming myself. Sure. And because of that, um, I got in this pattern of blaming myself over and over and over again um, to the point where I was blaming myself for if I wasn't doing my homework the best, if I was oversleeping, if I wasn't calling my parents, like everything that I wasn't doing to a T, like perfectly, I was saying that I wasn't like good enough to do this, good enough to do that. Um, and I think I just created some bad habits and I got into a really bad place. Um, you know, I, I had to get, you know, put on medication for different things. And, you know, um, it just drove me to a tipping point, kind of. Right. There was one day where I just, there was one day where it was really tough for me. Um, you know, and, like, I look back on that day all the time, and I realize, like, you know, without that day, I wouldn't be where I am. Right. You know, and yeah. so after that, I kind of realized, like, I really 
need to get on top of this again because if that happens again, I won't have another chance to, you know, learn and grow from it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I went out to Oregon for the summer to play summer ball and I got blessed with this great host family, the Bronxons. Um, you know, it really changed my perspective. I was in a new, beautiful area of the country with my best friend. 40 new guys playing summer ball. I traveled up through Washington, Oregon, Canada all summer. It's all I did. Um, I transferred to a new school in California and I started playing well again. You know, I was, mentally I was in a better place. And then, you know, I finally get a, that Division One offer that everyone wants out of uh, out of JUCO. And then not even 24 hours later, um, I took my UCL in my elbow. And I get a surgery called Tommy John, which in baseball right. is like, you know, basically the longest one and the worst one you can rehab from, right. essentially on a popular scale. Um, so basically for anyone out there that doesn't know what it is, I tore a ligament in my elbow and I couldn't throw, um, which I'm a pitcher, so that's all I could do, you know. Um, and right after that happened, it was during the COVID season, so we got shut down playing, and so I was kind of like, what am I going to do? You know, like I just had this division one offer to, you know, Moorhead State, small D1 in Kentucky. But they were a good program. Um, you know, I called him back and I said, Hey, like, I know you guys just offered me. I haven't officially committed yet, but I told them I was going to commit on Monday. Um, this was a Friday. And they're like, Hey, sorry, we need, you know, we need a guy for this year. So they took like basically the offer back. They ended up offering one of my old teammates, and I saw that, and I was like, "Damn, like, you know, that was mine. I worked years for." It. Some kids give you an offers in eighth grade, ninth yeah. grade, right? I had to wait till I was a redshirt sophomore to get one, you know. And at that point, I, I was sitting on the doctor's table after they told me I tore my UCL, and I was just, you know, distraught, you know. Um, and it was already a weird time because COVID happened and everything was shut down, and really had nothing to do. And I was at home with my parents and. You know, I kind of talked to them, and I was like, what do I do? Like, what am what am I going to do? And they're like, well, if you ever want to play again, you have to rehab this the right way, right? Um, and so I took the, took a year off of school. Um, I moved out to Florida here to rehab. And while I was in Florida, I was thinking, you know, what can I do to fill some time but also be beneficial to the people out there? And, you know, I already put my social – or my, my story on a few social media outlets um, during COVID. Uh, Athletes Against Anxiety and Depression was one of them. Um, the Hidden Opponent was one of them. And this one shut down, but there was, there was another website. I can't remember the name, but it shut down. Um, oh, Untold Athletes was the name of it. That one's down, but I shared my story on there, and I was getting a bunch of feedback from kids I, I've played with kids I didn't know that were reaching out to me saying, Hey, I'm struggling. Like they were asking for help and tips. Yeah. You know, I was spending a lot of my time trying to help these other people. I was like, how can I make a bigger impact? Right. So I decided to write a book. Um, and you know, I'm not the smartest guy. Like I do my homework and I get good grades, but I'm genuinely not like the smartest dude you're going to meet. Um, far from it. But I wrote a journal basically. Um, it's called bigger than the game. And it's a 365-day journal. Um, and basically, I just took tricks that my counselors taught me. Um, you know, whether it's manifesting things or writing down at night, putting it under your pillow, reading it in the morning so it's the first thing and the last thing you see every day, those positive thoughts. Um, you know, writing how you feel like on a scale from 1 to 10, 
mark it as you can look back on the days that made you feel good, the days that made you feel bad, you know. Um, it has a hotline resource page with every hotline um, you can think of that's available to the public. Um, you know, when I put that out there and I did it through Amazon, you know, and I make, I think I make 70 cents a book and it's not about the money for me. That was the last thing I wanted, right? For me, it was about, you know, if I could put my story out there, maybe someone else can and it'll start a chain effect. Right. You know? And so I put the book out there and I got a lot of great feedback. Um, I had a lot of buddies use it. Um, I had a lot of people I didn't even know use it. And I think the most rewarding thing was getting these, these messages on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, these kids that I had no idea who they were. And they were saying, Hey, this is my story. Like, what can I do to improve it? Or you really helped me. You know, I think that's when I kind of realized that, you know, baseball is fun and it's something I love to do, but in the long run, like, working with these kids um that deal with mental health like this is really what it's about for me yeah um it's so long like in a long story you know i think without that surgery i never would have been in florida um i never would have gotten the proper help i needed with my mental health um i never would have written that book and i never would have met the group of people out here um you know that i've met and i was surrounded by a great group of people rehabbing um, you know, I'd walk in the gym every day. I'd see Noah Syndergaard. You know, I'd see Justin Verlander, AJ Ramos, and that guy. That guy changed my life. The perspectives he give. You know, he's a, a ten-year big leaguer, and he's you know seeking me out in the gym. You know, helping me through some mental stuff. You yeah. Know? And I think when you when I realize that these big league people are human too. You know, they're not just some crazy superstar, and they have. You know, while they're working out, and they have you know, a certain a lot of time of the day themselves, they take it to help these kids out, you know. Um, and so I think once I saw that, that kind of all put into perspective that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, but if you can make an impact, you know, I think that that's like the big, big picture, you know. Yeah, that um, really is, that really is kind of the, um, that really is a great purpose to be able to, to leave an impact, a lasting, you know, legacy, um, to change somebody else's life for the better and to see that is really fulfilling. Um, I think that's why you've became a great mentor so easily is because you understand that uh, even from a young age, you have that perspective of, of life and what it's really kind of all about. And that probably comes through pain and struggle. I know you mentioned in your story, struggling with anxiety, um, depression, athletes struggle with self-doubt, self-talk, all of those things paint your perspective on life and that's why you're able to appreciate the days that you have now the network the supporting system you have now and that's a great thing there i don't think there's anything better than to serve a great purpose and that's why the athlete mentor exists is to give people like you the chance to change others lives and thankfully you know i'm honored to say that i get to see great stories happen um, I get to see athletes have a positive experience being a part of this program. So I'm really excited for uh, continuing to work with you, Drew. Uh, thank you for sharing your story to the community, to the network. Uh, for anybody out there who's interested in having a mentor, whether it be Drew or one of our other athletes across almost every sport, reach out to us on social media, on Instagram at The Athlete Mentor. Uh, make sure to follow Drew. He's there as well. And yeah, Drew, do you have any uh, kind of last thoughts or suggestions, words 
of advice um, to the next generation? Yeah, I do. Um, before I do, like you nailed that on the head, man. Um, I think these athletes, as mentors, you know, I think if we have, you know, a struggle we've gone through, right. I think it's very. I don't know if it's easy, but it's, you know, it's easy to relate to a younger generation when you can see them heading in those footsteps. You know what I mean? Um, you can notice their tendencies and you can notice that the way they say things and the way they act, their confidence, you know, where they're going to go. Um, you know, before I go, though, I think the big message I want to get across is when I when I started feeling, you know, too much anxiety and, you know, a lot of depression, I think for me, um, I let my sport define me, Right. It wasn't the outside factors, you know, like my schoolwork or, you know, struggling with family or friends that really led me to that point. I think it was, you know, I was seeing these low batting averages and these high ERAs and I was riding the pine all the time, you know. And for me, when I when I didn't see my name in the lineup card, it was like I wasn't worth what I should be, you know. Yeah. And I think for like you younger guys or even the older guys and girls out there, you know, it's not about like your statistics. Like we see all these guys and we see all these guys and girls and these big time D ones. And, you know, obviously they're great athletes and they're there for a reason. Right. But we see all these people get this attention, um, whether it's good attention or bad attention. Um, like what I'm trying to say is like those people, you can't compare yourself to those people. You know, you got to compare yourself to yourself you're the only version of yourself you're you for a reason right right? and so when we start comparing our situations to these big athletes um that's when i think it really starts to spiral right you know especially with these nil deals you see these say you have you know a junior college quarterback and then you have whoever the quarterback is at alabama right that kid's making seven eight figures driving the nicest cars if you're at that junior college that that doesn't matter no one's going to remember you by know how big your nil deal was or if you're driving the nicest mercedes or whatever right but if you're the kid at the junior college and you're volunteering and you're using your social media as a platform to grow for a cause that you care about even if it's not mental health you know if you care about you know the environment or if you care about you know helping refugees or like you care about uh kids that need housing like orphans and stuff if you're an orphan and you're trying to raise awareness on those certain causes like, if you're using your social media in a way to benefit others, I think that's, like, the biggest thing you can do. And remember, you just got to be yourself, right? You can't you can't say, hey, I'm not Bryce Young, so that means I can't do what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not about that. It's about making an impact in the community you're in, you know? Um, and when, with social media, there's there's a lot of ways to do that, you know? Yeah, um, Absolutely. Um, well, thank you, Drew, again, for coming on. Um, for any of you listening, it's Drew underscore Clark underscore. If you want to give Drew a follow, reach out to him, um, get his book on Amazon. I know I got his book um, following it. Thank he you. also recommended a couple great other reads to me. Uh, he's full of wisdom and knowledge, um, and he's definitely an incredible person to have in your corner. So thank you again, Drew, and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thank you. All right. Sounds great.